If you're studying for the CISSP, CCSP, or CISM certification, you'll probably get a lot of benefit from the WANA Practice app at wanapractice.com. Hundreds of practice questions unavailable anywhere else, all in a simple interactive format, which you can access through any device with a browser. Check out the show notes for a discount code for half off the regular price. Wanna practice? Success and certification is in your hands. Hello, and welcome to the sensuous sounds of InfoSec, where we discuss all things information, all things security, and all things information security. I'm Ben Maliso. And I'm Matt Snotty. And I'm Raphael Fiedler. And this week, gentlemen, I want to, before we begin the actual episode, I want to catch up on a couple of administrivia. Now, Matt and I are both ISC Squared members. Rafti, you are not yet, but we're going to get you there at some point. We're going to bring <laughs> you into our cult. Um, we'll teach you the secret handshake and uh, all the passcodes, and, and you'll be a full-fledged member. Um, but for all the other members out there, and Matt, I don't know if you've participated yet, there is a, a new vote, a, a referendum within the organization. Um, there's a ballot about some bylaws changes. And I know this is very boring and administrivia garbage for those not interested in bureaucracies. Uh, but this is a really important vote. This is about whether the membership runs the organization or whether the leadership runs the organization. And ISC Squared has long been proud of the fact, and I've been proud to be a member, of a member-run shop. And I'd like to keep it that way. So the official position of the Sensuous Sounds of InfoSec is go vote and vote for the petitioner's modifications to the bylaws, not ISC Squared's recommendations for changes to the bylaws. Now, the reason I'm going to take time in the show to do this is not just for those few who listeners who are ISC Squared members, but because of the irony. They announced the election yesterday and uh, uh, opened it up to proxy voting online, and I went and I cast my vote, and voting supposed to be open until the 17th of July, and then almost within the hour, they sent out another message. Second I got that too. You got it? Did you see it? You know exactly <laughs> yeah. what I'm talking about. Matt, yes. what, did the, what did the second message <laughs> They closed down the voting because of security issues. <laughs> now, when you're an information security shop, it, it is good to be aware of security issues. So I give them respect for that. On the other hand, <laughs> when you can't run your own elections in a secure manner and you uh-huh. are the premier information security certification entity in the world uh that that does not make you look good that's not a good way to gild the lily (laughs) but Uh, you know to be fair it does also illustrate security issues are pervasive no matter what industry that you're in and even security professionals are not immune to having common everyday (laughs) security problems that's one way to look at it another way to look at it a more cynical man a more conspiratorial (laughs) minded man would say that the vote was not going their way Mm, yeah yeah conspiratorial almost yeah yeah (laughs) um and uh yeah it uh if they pulled it back so that they could uh rejigger the uh outcome that would be have one of those little boxes on the screen that you when you try to check click it you know the box moves, it moves. Part of the screen <laughs> <laughs> so did um, they announce when they will reopen it 
uh, they said as soon as they work out the issues, which is good. Again, when you're managing expectations during an incident response, that is the best response to give. We don't know when it's going to come back. Because if you start to build uh, an expectation, if you say, we'll be back in 72 hours, and you can't really get secure within that time frame, then all you do is look stupid and incompetent when that time frame comes and you have to delay again. So that's actually good incident management. That was one of the few things they did that I, I respect there. Um, but I just, I found that so <laughs> Yeah, I got that email too. And I, I, I think I had the same response as you. I just looked at it and laughed and thought, oh, brother. Uh, and you weren't it, even planning to vote is going to be my guess. Uh, well, no, I, I would have. Yeah, if ISC squared sends me a message, then yeah, I'll participate if, uh, if, if they request it. Um, not that, you know. The, the the truly cynical would say my vote's not going to matter anyway because they're going to do whatever they want and this is all for show because uh you know it's a, a, a one step away from a, a, a tin pot dictatorship but that's just my take on on uh, the world in general so <laughs> and I, i'm not necessarily going to argue with you um they are based in clearwater florida i've been to their headquarters several times to oh, do that's also where scientology is based yep on. you beat me to it yeah <laughs> it's convenient you know there's sort of a group think there and that's, uh, uh, that venn diagram is not two separate circles i imagine no no i would imagine not but uh yeah uh okay so there is that there was another issue i was going to bring up and i've totally forgotten what it was so let's get into our topic for this week um now matt uh, brought up this topic. He really wants to talk about EDM. I said, Matt, what do you want to talk about? He said, <laughs> he said EDM is the thing. I'd, I'd really, yeah. Can you tell us what EDM is, Matt? It's well, EDM is electronic dance music. That's what I thought. Yeah, uh, <laughs> electronica. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right now, how Techno. does this relate to, to security? Oh, I love EDM. I haven't listened to. I need to. I need to start listening to it again. I've been listening to too much Johnny Cash. No, we're talking about EDR. And oh, I, I that makes more yeah, sense. Okay, yeah, all right. Yeah. And what is EDR instead? Endpoint detection and response. And and I brought it up in our Discord because you and I have had this conversation a couple of times over the past several years, in particular when you were writing your CISSP, your, all your training books and stuff like that, and you had thrown in some throwaway line about how EDR is not really a thing. To which my yeah, because it was, is it is listed in the CISSP exam outline, which is why I was going to address it in the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's in yeah. So 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 in other words, ISC squared CISSP think that it's a thing. You as an instructor think that it's not a thing, and I think that that's a little bit of ostrich with the head in the sand, because you've not been keeping up in with the times, old man. <laughs> because this is this is the new wave of technology out there, man. You got to get up with the times, man. Um, does the EDR help you protect your NFTs? I mean, if we're going to be cutting edge here. <laughs> if, if one had NFTs, yeah, EDR could help secure that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So what, what does endpoint detection and response mean? What, what is that? Well, it's the, so if you look down over history, uh, some of us have probably been around long enough to remember the bad old days of when you had uh, Symantec or McAfee, and it was called antivirus software, and you would install it on your computer, and it would suck up a huge amount of your uh, resources and make your computer really slow, but ostensibly it kept your computer secure. And if you fast forward over the years, uh, antivirus software has become anti-malware software uh, because the threat landscape has changed to where now companies and organizations are looking to 
secure an organization holistically. And so EDR is the next evolution of that. So at its core- oh, hold, can... hold up, can, I, I, I don't mean to, to interrupt, you're doing great, <laughs> but um, the transition from antivirus to anti-malware, was there a good evolution there? Was there some progress being made? Because you're absolutely right, antivirus, Antivirus acted more like a virus than anything else, in, in, my, in my estimation. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. In the 90s, early 2000s, yeah, it, it was always historically terrible. The The big reason that the, the terminology changed and, and, and continues to evolve, I don't foresee that EDR will be the last evolution of, of security software. Uh, the main thing that drove it, as I saw it, was ransomware. Because ransomware wasn't necessarily a virus; it was it was a, uh, an attacker getting onto a system and executing uh, commands to you know uh, basically take over a you know a hard drive or data or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think the transition of the taxonomy was just prior to the proliferation of ransomware. So I'm, I, I don't mean to be. This is not a semantic, and I'm not saying <laughs> semantic, I'm saying semantic, um, but I'm just trying to say it, it, when they made that transition originally, I want to say late 90s, early 2000s, there were improvements, drastic improvements yeah. in, in what those protective suites were offering, at least in my estimation. It, does yeah. that sound kind of accurate? Yeah, yeah, because they evolved from being uh, signature-based to being heuristic-based. So they started okay. to look for actions and activities less of just you know, the presence of a certain file that matched a certain hash, hash signature. Good. And, and I think that was also in response to the attackers becoming more sophisticated and understanding that they could do things like uh, add a randomizer to their code so that every time the malware copied itself to a new victim, it changed its own internal code and therefore would confound the hash and any signature-based capability would be defeated. You couldn't detect it if it kept changing itself slightly each time. Right. 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 And, exactly. And if we if we compare that to uh, biological malware, the viruses and and whatnot, um, it's it's as if shifting antigens are trying to avoid inoculations. Mm -hmm. Malware was doing much the same thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So now and then ransomware became incredibly ubiquitous in the early 2000s up to about the 2010s. And that's kind of the state of the art right now. That's That seems to be the big business practice for the attackers. And we've transitioned now to EDR. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so. So, so if the heuristics were the big leap between antivirus and anti-malware, what's the big developmental leap between anti-malware and EDR? Well, I think that the big thing is we as security professionals are now not looking just for a compromised download or an attacker banging on your firewall. We're now looking for things like uh, what are called APTs, advanced persistent threats, where uh, someone gets onto a system, doesn't do anything malicious at first, and does surveillance, does network scans, does things like testing and probing and seeing where they can go, what type of a, what type of a network are they even on, stuff like that. So the EDR is the evolution where they start. We as security professionals start looking at at things like that. So the organization is not just a bunch of individual PCs or devices or laptops. It is now, it's it's now an ecosystem that we have to protect everything from the firewall to the switches to the Wi-Fi to the to the endpoints. So EDR is a like you said. You use the word holistic. It's a more holistic approach examining a client device or any other device within your environment as part of that ecosystem 
as opposed to each individual box and trying to make that what we used to call a, a, a bastion host where where yeah. we're going to protect each little box like it was a castle and and that was the way we were going to approach it instead we're going to treat every machine as if it was a cell in a body and what we're trying to do is protect the body does that sound about right is that a good yeah. or bad yeah. analogy yeah i think so because yeah uh, an individual endpoint can launch other attacks on other endpoints within its own network or within its own environment so so, so yeah. does edr add the capability of not only examining inbound traffic to find attackers but also monitoring outbound traffic as sort mm -hmm. of a an an IDS, IPS, intrusion prevention system where it's checking to see if the box has already been circumvented, has already been subverted. If that box tries to attack another box, this EDR can detect that? Yeah, yeah. So the lateral movement, ingress, egress, yeah, looking at, at, at all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. And Rafti, did you have something you wanted to say? No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I saw you holding your hand up. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, um, and the reason I brought it up was because I've been I've been neck deep in it uh, for the past week or so, uh, basically evaluating a new EDR solution for a specific client of mine um, uh, called Microsoft Defender, which you might hear the word wait, Microsoft. Wait a, second, wait a second, hold on. How how dare you say new? Isn't Microsoft Defender the thing with the ugly graphic brick wall when you go in and? <laughs> Yes. From the from the control panel uh, yep. of uh what was it was it Windows 2007 or was it uh Oh uh Windows Vista I think had Vista. It. Uh, yeah. Maybe see, even XP had it. I can't remember. I don't even see it as that anymore. It's just a shield in the bottom right. Yeah. From it used to be the brick wall. It, it, I remember well, no, that the uh, yeah, the, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Vista was the first one that had the brick wall. I I was thinking of the the firewall because they did include the software firewall as well. Uh So but, so they're repurposing the name yeah they're reclaiming yeah. it it's new cope yeah so if you've bought a modern com windows computer which i know rofty probably has not bought a windows computer in quite a while because he's a bad guy <laughs> or a linux guy <laughs> he's give me a link. i'm all of it but i'm i'm currently speaking to you on a windows 11 machine so oh okay, okay. all right so, so does he have defender built in yeah, yes. yeah. So uh, uh, seven, eight, ten, and eleven all had Defender built in as a standalone antivirus. So if you didn't have any other antivirus on your computer, you, you at least had the Microsoft free one that was on there. Well, they've taken that code and they've they they put some hooks into it. We talked about APIs previously. Uh, now that that can all hook into a cloud system, and if you pay for the uh, Microsoft Azure uh, solution for you know say email or for uh, 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 management of your of your systems and that can all hook into a uh, a console where you can now see all of your devices that have defender on them manage them control them see what's happening with them uh, it can categorize them and stuff like that so anyways so that's the so it's like a centralized yeah. vantage point where you can check all your devices and and thereby monitor the environment not just the individual machine right right and, and as a part of my evaluation I've really been impressed with it. And this is not, Microsoft's not paying us at all. I'm not advocating that. Oh, you, God, I wish. <laughs> I'll, take some, I'll take some of that money. I'd be glad. Um, I wouldn't even be heartburned about that. <laughs> uh, but rolling it out um, and seeing some of the things that it can do. And and so, you know, talking about that uh, ingress, egress, lateral movement of, of malware or an attacker or something like that. Um, I actually put it to the test and it was able to put together a timeline of when a test piece of malware appeared on a computer 
where it came from and what it was attempting to do across the network. And it was it was drawing graphs and it was showing me the different hosts, their IP addresses, um, you know, first detection, you know, uh, what you know actions it, it took. Uh, gave me an option to, you know, uh, assign um, remediation to another person on my team if I wanted to take other remediation steps, document all this stuff. It put together this really nice report so that in the event that a real attack or a real threat appeared, you can trace down where it came from, who who, sure. who triggered it, what happened to it, where did it move, you know, where did it start from, where did it end up at, all that kind of stuff, which is That's really, really sexy. insightful. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. I, I, you know, and, and we like to give a lot of flack, especially in our industry. We like to pick on Microsoft. Um <laughs> But that sounds like it's a it's a fairly useful tool. I got to ask, how much does it cost for an enterprise license? They uh, do it per device, so per endpoint, and it's only three dollars per endpoint per month. So if you're a smaller business, yeah, it's not that big a deal. If you're if you're a ten thousand endpoint business, then yeah, you're going to be talking looking at thirty thousand dollars a month to to run something like this. But you're going to be looking at equivalent costs for an equivalent product, right? Right. Manage. So yeah, yeah, it's competitive with all of the other software, which I've evaluated a bunch of other software: the Bitdefenders out of the world, the uh, the the malware bites, the uh, uh, ESets. You know, there, there, there's a bunch of other companies that do similar type stuff, and so this is just happens to be the one I'm looking at this week currently for this one client. Okay, so my big lack in the industry is um, I, I've never been in that enterprise management role. I've always been the the plans and policy and training guy. So I, I've never had that kind of hands-on experience. Um, I got to ask, uh, compared to the other ones, malware, bytes, and whatever, I've only used those at the client level. I've only used those for, for home use, for residential, for personal use. Um, how does this one stack up against those in terms of ease of use and functionality? Very similar. Okay. Um, and, and in fact, um, the, the the differences are are pretty minute. The main difference is if you're already in your Microsoft console where you're managing your end users, your email, your uh, Azure Active Directory, and stuff like that, it's just another tab in that window. So so it's all, you know, we, we, we talk about the one pane of glass. That's always the, the the goal is to, you just have one screen and you can see everything within your enterprise, within your network, going on with your users on one pane of glass. And you don't have to click between, okay, I'm going over here to this console to look up my firewall and this console to look up uh, alerts and this console for remediation. It's all in, in, in one thing. So uh, from that perspective, it's it's really slick because it's all right there in the in the one console. Um, now you did mention egress monitoring. Does this does this function like what we would call a DLP as well, where it can look at exfiltration of sensitive or valuable data? That I don't know. Okay. Uh, I, I assume it probably has those capabilities if you upgrade, okay. <laughs> because DLPs okay. you get into a lot more uh, configuration. Because there, I mean, you're looking for things like credit card numbers, social security numbers, certain documents that are marked as secretive or or have certain content in them, where it's got to actually look within the data that's that's being transmitted. So I, uh, I gotta say, I gotta be honest. I'm kind of glad to hear that it might not have that capability. And and you talk about single pane of glass. We see a lot of security vendors who want to be all things to all customers, and they say, "Buy our product. We do everything soup to nuts. We we're your firewall. We're your your anti malware. We're your best friend, and we'll go with you to your cousin's <laughs> wedding." You know, I. I, I, I hate to say this because, again, I, I don't want to seem like a Luddite, um, but uh, I, I used to listen to this other podcast about um, history of, of medical 
uh, ridiculousness and and what we used to do in our mm. uh, in our practice of medicine. <laughs> and, and one of the things that always keeps coming back around to is a lot of these snake oil salesmen are selling these panaceas, you know. And, and one of the things that they say on the show constantly is, if it cures everything, it cures nothing. Nothing, right? yep. you know. <laughs> and, and and I kind of feel that way about most products, and I especially feel that way about security products. If you come to me and you tell me that you got all of these things in one package, what I'm expecting is all of those things are mediocre because you're trying to cram them all together and make them talk nice to each other. Right. That uh, that the apex of any one particular function is going to be a practitioner that specifies that one thing. Now, am I incorrect? Is Microsoft's big enough? They have enough expertise across many areas. It, it, can they actually bring us the the one magic bullet, the the you know the big gun that does it all? They're trying. <laughs> they are definitely trying. Uh, I don't know that uh, the Microsoft 365 product is everything to everyone, but but it's certainly in in the toolkit of a, of a, uh, a security professional. It's it's definitely it's it's gotten way better than it used to be. Uh, I'm uh, and and that's the thing about these all these security products. Uh, again, as we mentioned, all the other different vendors, they're all evolving. Um, and sometimes it's years between when I get to evaluate a product and then get to see where it is uh, again at some point in the future. It can be you know three or four years before I, I come back around to it. Once I decide on something for a client, I might not look at the comp the competition for to it for it for a few years. And because if something works, why would you? It's not right. like you have a whole bunch of time to be doing R and D and and you know reconfiguring your clients' environments. That right. doesn't scale real well, especially right. at the size of shop you have, which right. is you. you know? <laughs> right. Right. You know. So your yeah. Boutique offering. You know. So. <laughs> now, Rafti, I know you had that issue in your own product line where you know you had several opportunities to branch safing off to do other things and and you had to rein it in you had to you had to refrain from scope creep and say we're going to restrict this to this thing now we want this function we'll get to those other functions later when we're a multi-billion dollar international conglomerate is that am i on the right path there uh, you're you're right and i maybe share something later on i have a quick oh, question please, no, before, go ahead. Go ahead. before i go to there um uh does it because microsoft typically runs only on microsoft stuff is, is is there an option to have it on your Linux server as well? Or if you have Macs in your like company, maybe as well. Um, how about IoT devices or other stuff? Like how does it handle it? Or is it just separate? Like is well, it only you know, for... Obviously, Microsoft wants for every device in your organization to be a Microsoft <laughs> device. Oh, of course, I know. No, but this is exactly yeah. the reason. Like, Yeah, no, no. It actually it... does have uh, management, you know, through SNMP and, and other things to find IoT devices, switches, appliances, stuff like that. Other, um, I'm not sure if there's like a piece of software that can run natively on a Mac or on a Linux um, haven't gotten to that point, but I know that I've, I have pointed it at some of my VLANs that have, uh, IOT industrial hardware on them. And it, yeah, it, it found the IP addresses and it can do basic monitoring and, um, uh, network, uh, you know, management to see, you know, types of data that's going back and forth across it. So, yeah, it's, yeah, all I'd say, yes, it, it can, it can do rudimentary, uh, mm -hmm. stuff, but I don't know if there's, but it's not stuff. like they have a plugin or something for those other devices that's branded to. Right. Right. Yeah. Because office, 
Office 365, or they now call it Microsoft 365 as well, but just like without the Defender, runs on Mac. It does not run on yeah. Linux, but of course, like Microsoft is not like shying away from from other operating system. But especially like if you if you have already a Linux box which is running some of your like Docker containers and so on, you like their switching costs there, of course, as well to to go to an EDR like yeah. um, from Microsoft. And 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 as a security professional, I would say that also those should be monitored separately anyway. And and we do usually okay. have a, a separate pane of glass for all of our switches, all of our firewalls, all of our VLANs and stuff like that. You know, monitoring uh, ingress and egress. You know, not through that. So yeah, it, it it does add complexity when you have all those types of devices. But that's that's the the nature of the the job. Uh, okay, so now what's your announcement, Rafti? <laughs> So feature creep, um, you were saying we we're raining stuff in and you're right. You're absolutely right. But Matt, for the longest time, as um, I think it was Matt, uh, but also Joey asked us if if it would go into the B2B section and um, saving is not. But um, we are currently in the process of evaluating spinning off a different company, building on the same technology, but with a different focus. Yeah. So Whoa. if you're interested, if you're interested, you can everybody who, who is interested can reach out. There's also a homepage for it. It's nexomesh.com. Um we also made sure there's a dot com domain. Say, for say that, that as again. Well. Say that again. Nexomesh. It's a Nexus mesh thingamajig. And it's a it's a distributed firewall. So and the idea is to stop trying to secure your network, start securing your connections. Ah, okay. All right. Yeah. So a different way of perceiving that defense, that line of defense. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. All, right. Easy, All right. Easy zero trust in your whole network. And it's uh, probably better for monetizing the safing technology in this regard instead of the one-by-one -one subscribers you've been having. And it's also a different way. You know, like the first thing Matt was saying was like, I need to know everything. I don't. I, I don't care about privacy. <laughs> give me. Give, I want to know all that stuff. And we're like, okay, good. Um, and we now use the same technology, which is in the private and the private sector, reducing all that information in the connection and uh, enriching it. On the other hand, give sending with the connection itself. Which application is it? Which user is it? Which process is it? You know, process because ID. Because in is. blocking it, you're learning about it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So the technology, the underlying technology is similar. Yeah. So this is this is how we deal with feature creep. We just are the entrepreneurial way is like, is there a different company here? You know? <laughs> is, is, is there, there another stream else? of revenue? <laughs> That's exciting. That's exciting. Congratulations, Rafti. Yeah. Are you looking for investors for that one too? No, this is this is a uh, sort of uh, partly how this happened as well. The investors investors were so interested in the B two B side of it. That we said, okay, uh, investors would be difficult for saving in general because they would see the money and they would want to get like in the data. Yep. <laughs> and yep. and we were like, okay, maybe saving is an it's it is growing. It's a stable situation. It's not growing as fast as we would like. Um, but sort of like maybe moving, uh, taking an investor and and doing the B two B stuff, um, is an is a better approach and keeps good, everybody good focused you. everybody Absolutely. focused and you're you're stovepiping those two lines which yeah. is the really smart thing to do to keep everyone protected exactly. that's excellent excellent congratulations yeah. very Thank glad you. to hear yeah that. definitely <laughs>
And um, I do have to I, say, Rafti has been taking my my advice to heart because he uh, I, he and I have had a couple of private meetings separately of this show, <laughs> and uh, he's been picking my brain for some ideas. And um, several of the ideas that I've given him appear to have have made it to the final product. So I'm looking forward to that royalty check. Uh, Any any time now, any minute. (laughs) Uh, You know, and and instead of making me jealous that you guys are having private conversations, I'm relieved because I have to talk to you once a week already, and I don't want to have to talk to you anymore. That's that's very good. Um, Now, Matt. Rafi knew which one of the two of us to talk to whenever he wanted good ideas. So, <laughs> very, very clever, Rafi. Now, when you need a face, you come to me. All right, now, <laughs> Matt, um, you mentioned something just kind of in passing when you're talking about evaluating this tool. You took a test piece of malware and released it. Now, when you were releasing this, it was in a I'm going to imagine an isolated air gap testbed environment of virtualized entities, not your client's production environment. I'm hoping. Yes, please tell me. Do you, do you want the real answer or do you want oh, the shit. answer? <laughs> uh, see, I would be more interested what it was and where you got it from. I'm going to, oh. I'm going to have to repeat my disclaimer here. SSOI, <laughs> the sensuous sounds of InfoSec is for entertainment purposes only. And not to be construed as actual expert infosec advice. Uh-huh. Um, no, uh, uh, the Defender actually comes with a uh, a built-in way to test it, uh, where it it drops. It, it, have you heard of ICAR? E I C A R. It's a it's it's a it's a text file that any antivirus will pick up as a virus, even though it is not a, vi- a virus at all. It was made okay, from the... All right. it's, it's like one of those fake credit cards that PCI yeah. gives out so you can test right, your, right, your processing. Right. Okay. So, okay. So yeah, so the Defender software has a ha, has a test piece of malware that you can that is completely innocuous, but will trigger the uh, reaction, um, the, uh, the, 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 the response by the software if you if you drop it into um, a computer or on a, a server or something like that. So yeah, I did do it on a production server. It was a completely benign and known to Microsoft test file. Um, and I was able to follow what all it did to uh, to respond to it. So uh, that was- and, and the text file is not self-replicating. It won't have worm-like qualities. No. It's gonna consume resources <laughs> or anything like that. Okay, okay, right. all right, thank you. That's, that, 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 I think that's okay, yes. Uh, the sensuous sounds of InfoSec does have expert security advice, and you can listen to us. <laughs> so, yeah, obviously, best practice would be to test something like that in a in an air gap sandboxed environment. But um, yeah, yeah, this was uh, I, I knew that this was completely safe, so I I did it on a production server. I had no no qualms about doing that. All right, now I want to marry this idea to the same thing we were just talking about with Rafti. Is Microsoft getting value from the customers by deriving a bunch of information? Now, if this is centralized reporting that's going back to Microsoft's cloud about your environment and reporting on newly discovered intrusions and so forth, is Microsoft learning and therefore using that information to Microsoft's advantage? And is this something we really want to be doing? You know, you used their test methodology to test their environment and their product. It's not that I don't trust Microsoft, but any monolithic entity that acts in this regard, I have to always look for the angle. You got to look for the grift, right? Yeah. Well, and I think you you could say the same thing about any security vendor. And I do. Um, 
<laughs> that that yeah, they're 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 going to aggregate data over time and over disparate uh, geographic and and network virtual locations to to yeah see what's happening in the world in general and 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 environments which environments are most at risk which environments uh, which locations are being attacked and this isn't necessarily a bad thing for the end customers because as the security vendor learns about these things they can send out warnings start developing patches and um, see trends in those environments and better the security of their clientele as well as well as the public at large if they make announcements based on these newly discovered trends too right but it I, does I add that, value to their product yeah and i think that ethically um most if not all of these security vendors the legitimate security vendors they all participate in the um uh vulnerability reports you know that that, that are public uh the cves and stuff like that they, they go out regarding certain set of certain software certain situations and stuff like that so yeah they, and they all i'd say they all help each other in in general as well microsoft may not directly help uh malware bytes or Bitdefender or eset or something like that but they all contribute to this vast pool of knowledge that is publicly available of threats and vulnerabilities yeah they they are sharing that data yeah that, yeah, that is good. All right, all right. So uh, maybe they're not quite as awful and intrusive as, <laughs> but they are. But you know, this is the sort of situation where you're putting a, um, you're putting an applet on all of your devices. You're you're creating, um, you know, some sort of agent for all of these things. They could, if they were to turn hostile, learn quite a bit about your environment and, uh, you know, where it's strong, where it's weak and so forth. Um, yeah. This, yeah. this is dangerous information. But of course, in which case, if you're already running Microsoft like Windows on every yeah. device, you know, yeah. this is the reason yeah. why I like it. Uh, in general, the idea of running Windows Defender, and which is when people are asking me, like people who are running Portmaster, I'm like, and they're asking about their antivirus. I'm like, nowadays Windows Defender is very good, and you and like getting even another piece of software, which has its own vulnerabilities, its own issues, its own problems. You're already trusting Microsoft, and if you don't trust Microsoft, switch. You should switch. <laughs> okay. And I think that's very fair too. I do like a heterogeneous environment just because if there's a single point of failure, you're more inoculated against that. You have the, the mongrel adaptiveness and robustness. Uh, it's the same reason that purebred dogs can sometimes lead to difficulty because, you know, you're, you're following that one genetic path, sometimes down to uh, <laughs> a, a cul-de-sac, <laughs> uh, which is finite. <laughs> right. um, but on the other I, hand, I, I do like what Rafti says. If you're already using that flavor, it's really hard when you introduce a foreign operator into it to make it mesh well and have interoperability, which I'm sure you've had to address with the safing product where people have their own unique build and they're asking you, well, how do I make it work in my unique build? I don't know how to make it work in your unique build. Your build is unique and we don't scale to 7 billion people around the world, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe in regard to um, what you were saying, like with the dog breeds, I like it with forests even more because like um i think it's an issue around the world but in austria we sometimes had this monocultures with one one type of tree of course if one tree then gets infected the whole forest dies and i think this is basically the same thing as you're saying but it's it's much more Absolutely. like there's also like with the parasites and stuff Absolutely, an easier yeah. comparison
You are correct. You are absolutely correct. And and um, that's why you like hybrid models often. Yep. But I can understand that the homogenous environment also brings its own desirability, too. Yep. There's a certain yep. benefit there. And all trees grow at the same speed. You can like harvest them all at the same time. It's more. You only need one, you only need one set of tools. You only need yeah. one set of tree surgeons. You you yeah. don't need a, a variety upgrade, of all those things. Yes. Upgrade all all devices at the same time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Patch Tuesday. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was going to just chime in and say the exact same thing because yeah, anytime you have different operating systems, different environments, that adds complexity. That adds cost. That adds time and as we all know, businesses always see IT and security as, you know, a sinkhole. Lost, yeah, lost divisions. You, yeah. You, you throw money at it and you never see any benefit from it. So other than, yeah. other, you know, other than. Other than all of your revenue. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And all of your productivity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it's like an insurance policy. How much are you willing to throw at something to, to ensure that, you know, uh, the business stays afloat, that it doesn't get sunk by by something like that? All right. Well, you're bringing me around to uh, EDM. Uh, do, do the sounds again. Do the sounds, man. There you go. That. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, so overall, for the official TSS OI uh, rating of Microsoft Defender in its current incarnation and price structure, um, we'd give it a one on our binary scale of one and zero. <laughs> right. As we sit here today. Now this is subject to change. If by the time this is released or at any point afterwards, <laughs> something major happens with them, they get breached, something goes down, everything blows up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Very good. Very good. Thank you. Um, Rafti, anything else you want to add about the world of EDR or EDM? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Thank you. Um, all right. Well, uh, this will be a shorter episode, but that's okay too. Um, I, I did remember the other uh, administrivia thing I wanted to add at the beginning of the show. Um, <laughs> I, I want to talk about how successful our show has been and also talk about how successful the Wanna Practice app has been. Okay. We've been getting some uh, tech support requests from people who've been wanting to subscribe to the Wanna Practice app. And uh, they've used multiple credit cards and they keep getting rejected. Uh, our processing kept, kept giving them an, ear, an error message saying, we cannot process your card's payment. And it turns out that a lot of these subscribers or wannabe subscribers were um, using a discount code that has since expired because it hit its maximum consumption rate. Wow. And that, and that discount code was listed in the show notes <laughs> for the Sensuous Sounds of InfoSec. Wow. So I, I had to go in and update to the new code. The code that's currently in the show notes will work if you want to subscribe and get a 60% discount to want to practice. Um, and this pleases me. I mean, I feel stupid for not having fixed the code in the first place. Um, but... Um, I'm, I'm really glad that people are reading the show notes, listening yeah. to the show, and subscribing to the app. That's great. That's a good yeah. problem to yeah. have. Yeah. So cool. I'm very So pleased. if you want to subscribe to Wanna Practice, practice this is what you said? Cool. Yes, cool go link. to wannapractice.com and uh, use the discount code in our current show notes. And if this show is a year old and you're listening to it next year and in the future, 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 um, make sure you read one of the current show's show notes for the current <laughs> discount code. Might not be 60% off anymore. Um, it might be 10%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
but it'll still be a discount for all of our loyal listeners, all three of them. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm glad, yeah. I'm glad you're having such such success. I. I, I always wonder because you keep a lot of this stuff close to the vest, but I'm I'm glad to know that you are being look, <laughs> successful. <in here. laughs> look, Robin will always buy me soup, so I'm <laughs> never gonna quite starve to death. Uh, that that's not a risk. That's not a concern. I'm I, I'm gonna be okay. Thank you though. Cool. I may have to get a job at some point, but she'll always buy me soup. And I guess in the the bigger picture, I'll always send you bourbon. Not that you can last very long on it. But <laughs> bourbon and soup? That's, that's, that's fantastic. <laughs> the all-liquid diet. In Louisiana here, it's traditional to put a, like a half a shot of sherry in with your turtle soup. Mm. Um, but I'll try bourbon. I'm not above that. That's that's okay. You eat a lot of turtle soup down there, do you? <laughs> it's good. It's really, and we have so many turtles, man. Yeah. Uh, they're evil. All right. Uh, until next week, I'm Ben Maliso. I'm Matt Snotty. And I'm Raphael Fiedler. Catch us again for the next episode of The Sensuous Sounds of InfoSec. Hey there, listener. Matt here. If you like listening to Ben, Robin, Rafti, Joey, or myself, please consider supporting us at buymeacoffee.com slash securitized. Interested in training for CISSP, CCSP, CISM, SSCP, CCSK, boy, that's a lot of letters, or other InfoSec certifications? Go to Ben's website for all his training programs at wannabeacissp.com. That's spelled W-A-N-N-A-B-E-A-C-I-S-S-P.com. We are on Discord. Engage with us by searching for the channel WannaBeACISSP. Feedback or questions on what we discuss? Send a good old-fashioned email to Ben at BenMaliso.com. You may hear a shout-out or your feedback on a future show. We're all working professionals in the InfoSec industry, so feel free to link up with us on LinkedIn. Support Rofty's company and test drive their free firewall software called Portmaster, downloadable at their website, safing.io, spelled S-A-F-I-N-G dot I-O. Support Joey's company, Blue Edge Networks, at blueedgenetworks.com, and listen to Joey's podcast called Topic of Choice at topicofchoice.com. Join us on Reddit at slash r slash ssoi underscore fans. All opinions expressed in this podcast are personal and for entertainment purposes only. They do not necessarily reflect the opinions of our companies, affiliates, employers, guests, or even each other. No advice given here should be followed without consulting with a professional for any specific InfoSec situation you may experience. <laughs>